not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny It's been a long time, we shouldn't have left you without a podcast to step to Thanks to Timberland for that ad-lib But the view from the ninny is back this week With a new episode with three games to talk about One game to look forward to and two guests to join me here As usual, it's Ben Price and Tom Phillips Ben Price, how have you been? I've been pretty good mate, how are you? Oh I'm terrific, what have you been doing since uh, we haven't done a podcast? A lot. I put my notice in for marriage. That was an interesting one. They don't have a sense of humour in that place. Notice in for marriage. So you, you've like, got to you, when pay. you leave a job, you hand your notice in. When you get yeah. married, you have to say we're going to get so married. You've got to pay seventy quid. That's to a lot. Go of money. To the city hall for someone to go. You're not brother and sister, are you? And you're not already married. And for oh, a laugh, she said it was very awkward. She said you're not from brother. You're not brother or sister, are you? And I went, well, being from Breck, and I can understand why you asked that question. Hmm. Silence. They do say that marriage is like a solemn vow, and you've flown in the face of that at the first stage, really. It made me laugh. Yeah, we're not all you, Ben Price, are we? And And then I got a a dirty look because someone was obviously having a very small wedding, and they weren't really in traditional wedding dress. They were a young couple, walked in sort of just like smart clothes you'd wear to like a christening or something, which is the bouquet of flowers. And I said a bit too loud, oh, she must be pregnant. Oh, Jesus oh bad, mate. Christ. No. Tom, have you, you you ruined any weddings recently? No, I haven't ruined any weddings. Um, no notices handed in, job or otherwise. Um, just what are the notices that you hand in? This could be dead here. Um, yeah, it probably is. <laughs> I don't know. Well, well, we'll look it up during the podcast. Notice um, meetings in, a t- in like a village hall? I don't know. I don't know, really. Um, anyway, we'll actually talk about Cardiff City now instead of uh, ruining weddings and stuff like that. Three games to talk about because it's been a long time since we've been here, Tom. First game, Huddersfield. Held out for very long. Um, almost snuck a one-all draw and a one-nil win, but we fucked it at the end. Firstly, though, Huddersfield are very good, aren't they? Uh, yeah, they were very organised. Yeah. I felt that for 70, 75 minutes... We were more than a match for them. I think we let them have the ball. They didn't look like they were going to cut us open. We defended resolutely. And we we had the better chances, especially first half. I thought we sat back. And when we're given space, when there's a turnover in possession, we pounce. And arguably, we should have scored another one, maybe two. Um, and I, I thought, like I think Morrison said in his press conference, it was the perfect kind of away performance for 70 minutes. And yeah, I'm impressed by Huddersfield compared to Huddersfields we've seen in the last couple of seasons. But I think we shot ourselves in the foot a little bit and I'm sure we'll go into that now. Uh, that is the next question, Ben. Did our shithousery bite us on the arse? I don't know if it's the shithousery bit us on the arse or if we just reverted back to old the last five ten minutes felt very much like the old like the old cardiff city again and we look very shake yeah we look very shaky on the balls coming in just couldn't like just do anything to defend it was just a lot putting a lot of pressure on ourselves because we sat too far too deep there was no real press coming from the back and yeah it just came back to bite us in the ass more than yeah I, I, like you say about the Huddersfield were good but it was really good for 70 minutes then it sort of checked up the changes, legs got tired. And from there, it sort of, yeah, fell backwards. But I don't think it was our shit house with the bits on the arse. It was just, I don't know if it was tired legs or if it was just a case of them eventually battering us down and getting what they probably deserved based on that last 10 minutes. I think it what annoyed me is the two balls that Sober Thomas put in the box with the two goals were arguably two of the worst balls he put in all day. The first one was floated right to the back post. We just didn't deal with it. You know, there wasn't any pace on it. There wasn't any, like, kind of power that they could just glance at. We just, it landed. We didn't deal with it. They scored. And then it happened again, where this mm. one was even worse. It was even higher. And just nobody got on the end of it. And I think, like you said, it's, I think it's tired legs. I think mentally we were tired at that point of dealing with deliveries coming into the box. And we just switched off. And I think that's the most frustrating thing, because that's what we're doing so, so well for like I said, 70, 75, 80 minutes. And then just, I don't know, as if we hit our limit of headers out of the box and they pounced on it. 
you think it shows, Tom, the difference between two teams? One, we're, we're still finding our feet. You know, Morrison's still not been in a job for very long. We're still figuring out what we're particularly good at and, and the way we want to play. And I think, like you say, for 70 minutes, we played one way and then we kind of fell apart a little bit towards the end of the game. While Huddersfield didn't give up. They played the same way for the 90 minutes, passed it around and they got the, the results in the end. Oh, Huddersfield just a bit further along the journey than we are because they've had their manager in place now for a season and a half, coming up to two years. And they've got a system where we, we're still so, sort of figuring it out. I think you're probably right there. Um I, I Thank think you very much. That, Moving on. No problem. <laughs> I think because we've got a young team as well, I think there was that little bit of panic stations that we didn't want to lose that game. I think when we had a bit of intent, we were happy to sit back and look to counter to try and nick that goal. We were comfortable. And then as soon as a little bit of doubt crept in, I think that's what we could have done with a little bit more experience. You know, when, you know, you see kind of Middlesbrough in the, in the cup, when they've got a few minutes left and they're trying to like see out a game, they bring on the likes of Bamba, which we used to do, to see out that game. So when you've got those last minute balls coming to the box, he gets rid of them. And we haven't got that anymore. And I think that's why we suit 80 minutes of the game. And sometimes we just lack that nous right at the end. And I think we know how we want to play. It's just, we've been very good at substitutions recently when we're looking to get a goal or get back into games. It's just when we're trying to see out games, I think we lack in a little bit in that department. Um, ben, we did create a fair few chances. Um, I think our expected goal was over one, while theirs was kind of a 0.8 situation. Um, again, is that just, are we being punished for being profligate? We, you know, we we have been scoring more goals recently, but we still don't seem to have a, a consistent striker who's scoring every week. Is that still an issue for you? It's We're getting goals, I think, and we're creating chances. It is just a case of, I don't know, when you're sort of, looking aside in our position, you don't expect us to be scoring every time. I think it is just a case of, as we move up the table and the confidence grows, that there's still going to be that little bit of threat from the lads thinking, oh, we are still in trouble. We're still the underdog. You've got to think they had to feel, what were they, third, fourth, something like that? I think they're fourth currently. Um, so they've got players wrong. really high on confidence. And that showed to the last 10. It showed to the Lord's last 10 that they were just confident of getting a point. They didn't stop, and that's because they were flying high on confidence, whereas we're still a bit sort of panic stations of, oh, shit, we need to get this win. And I think sometimes that'll cause strikers to be a bit tense. You look at, I think, all three games that we're going to cover, there were chances for our strikers that if we were further up the table, I think they'd bury. I think because there's still that bit of pressure on, they're still trying to find their feet in this team, they sort of tense up or they just don't, finish as you'd expect them to, that probably 199 times out of 100 in training, those chances, if they're getting those in training, they're burying them. When it comes to the match and the pressure's on, they're just struggling a little bit. And I think that can be expected for a team in that position. And Tom, talking about lovely finishes, Doyle's goal, we haven't touched upon it there, but it felt like the door we were we thought we were getting from Man City, didn't we? Cut into the box, lovely finish past the keeper. Are we starting to see the best of him? I think so. And when we go on to the other games, I'm sure his name will crop up again because I think he's been fantastic in the last few weeks. You know, for such a young player, I think we've said this before, he's got an old head on his shoulders. You can see that he's been leading youth teams and stuff. And he's got something about him. Like you can tell he's come the club he's come from in Man City because he just know he knows exactly what he's meant to do. It's just he's got that glint in his eye as well that older players sometimes have. Like he knows how to rattle a few players when to stick a foot in here and there, knows when to make, you know, a cynical challenge or when not to. And he's fantastic. Like, he's a real, real leader. And, like, I think he'll be joining a club higher up than us next season on loan because he, he's showing what I'm, I'm sure, you know, the, the um, coaches on Man City thought he would show when they sent him out um, before, before he came to us. Yeah, I think Morrison kind of said as much, didn't he? He said, Doyle coming in now is not, not necessarily about bringing him back next year as much as we probably love to. It's about being in line for the next one because there's going to be a whole row of players coming out of Man City ready for loans. Yeah. Ben, definitely. are you going to jump in there, Ben? Yeah, so I've not seen a player embrace the cynical foul the way Doyle <laughs> has since the dearly departed Peter Whittingham. <clears throat> Loves a dodgy foul. Brilliant to see. It does, and it's it's nice to see some shithousery in the team as much as it might have cost us against Huddersfield. It's needed as well. It, show, yeah. it shows a bit of mouse. It's not These aren't silly fouls like Will Vox does that give away in silly positions. He's doing these fouls in sort of place that you're thinking, oh, that makes sense. You're cutting out an attack at source and they're done for a reason, but they're also just really funny to watch as well. 
moving on to the Fulham game, um, I didn't realise this, but looking at the table now, Fulham have scored 82 goals this season, um, which is over 30 more, I think, than their nearest on 51. Uh, they've scored double the amount of goals we have this year, 41 we've scored to their 82, and they can only beat us 1-0, Tom. Um, how about that? Claiming that as a win, are you? Um... Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was... Just annoyed that the one goal we did give away against them again felt avoidable. It was a floated ball to the back post again, where it just felt that we should have been able to deal with it. It was some great football leading up to it from Fulham, you know, knocking around amongst themselves outside the box. It was but a nice cross by Harry Wilson as well. It was a nice cross, but again, it feels like something we should have been able to deal with. Um, and coming up to half time as well, it's a frustrating time to concede. I thought we would more than match them. I thought we create again, I thought we created chances in this game. I thought Collins should have buried it. I think, again, it's mm. one of those, if we're higher up the table, like Ben said, or you, you've got a striker in confidence, he buries that. It's almost too much time for him to think. We saw that earlier in the season from Harris as well. Um, when, you know, it's moving away from instinct and it need, needs a little bit of temperament, we kind of lack a little bit. But it's a frustrating one to concede against a very, very good side. We, we far from humiliated ourselves, but it felt like we missed out on a point in that game. Nothing more than that, but a point at least. Um Ben, you know, we heard Morrison talking about the sickness in the camp. There was a sickness bug that kind of raged through the team. There was enforced changes because of it. And to only lose 1-0 against Fulham in those circumstances with all those changes and all those players unwell. And I think we could still see some of the um, the remnants of that last night. Hugill didn't look 100% when he started yesterday against Derby, which we'll get to. The performance takes on a bit of a different dimension, doesn't it? That we held them only to 1-0 when they are so so eager to score. Yeah, it makes it even more impressive that it's not just a case of losing 1-0. I think there's not a City fan that came away from watching that game and didn't think we didn't deserve a point. Because mm-hmm. I really think we do. It was, like Tom said, a preventable goal that, like you always say, Mitrovic, the form he's in, he only needs half a chance. And that's what it was. It was a nice ball. He found that little pocket of space. Flint lost his man. And it's still a difficult finish. You see that goal, it's like a really, really tidy header to get back to score. So, yeah. To come from that, all things considered, and you see like Collins with his miss, like two hours before kickoff, he thought he was training with the under-23s. To go from that to being in the matchday squad to starting against the best team in the league, and you can sort of under- you can sort of for- forgive that chance more because he's probably not mentally as zoned in as he should have been. He thought he was with the under-23s straight into this game. And yeah, for every player then to come off and sort of think, you've been shitting yourself. Most Some of these players have literally been shitting literally their guts been all night. Themselves. To go from that and only come out of there with a 1-0 defeat against like this team, it's ridiculous. This, like On paper, if you look at it, like you played that on FIFA, that team's finishing mid-table in the Premier League. It's yeah. ridiculous. And the way they're scoring as well is ridiculous, which kind of, Tom, you know, it's your favourite your favorite stat, the expected goals. We drew with them on expected goals, 0.87 to 0.87. For a team who score 82 goals in 33 games otherwise, to only score one on, on Saturday. Um, and as you already talked about, the sickness bug that was rifling through the team, It's you've got to give the defence some praise, especially against a striker like Mitrovic. Oh, definitely. I think our defence deserves a lot of praise over the last few weeks, to be honest. Um, I think a couple of our players need a rest in the defence. I think mm-hmm. Guinness is one of them now because he's been very strong. He gets a bit sloppy in a few games. But on the whole, I think our defence... And Aidan Flint as well, to be honest. Like, he was getting... A lot of praise beginning of the season, a lot of shit in the middle, but I think he's really come into his own in the last few games and really stepped up to the mark alongside some of those youngsters. But like like you said, it's like we're equal on expected goals there. And I think that's why I'm a little bit frustrated coming out of that game because I don't like the attitude of, you know, oh, you know, it's a good result, a 1-0 loss against top of the table because we're still at home and, I, and I, you know, I've still got the optimistic side of me from the years when we've been successful leading up to this. So it, doesn't kind of land on me a little bit that I'll be like, oh, well done, it's a great plucky 1-0 loss. But I, I see what people are on about. But there's definitely things to, you know, look at, at positives from that game. I'm, I'm definitely not coming away from it thinking we were shit or anything like that. Just a little bit of frustration. Not as much as the Huddersfield game, but a little bit. Well, it's a scale of frustration rifling through these games, isn't it? Because Huddersfield, very frustrating. Fulham, yeah, not so bad. Derby, obviously good. Ben, the last point on the Fulham game. Um, certain Perry NG playing at centre half again. Um, bit of a needless elbow, but I feel like Fulham have made more of it than it actually is. It, it, he put his arm out, but he didn't really elbow him. Uh, what was your take on that? Bit of shit, how he doesn't go and miss, does it? I think if there's VAR, he's off. 
I really do. Um, I don't disagree, but I think I think it is a bit overblown as well. Oh, they made more of it than it was. Yeah, he went down like he was shot. It wasn't like he did like you sort of think back to the early two thousands. Those sort of Premier League games where the elbows were flying. He didn't do anything like that, but it was senseless to be honest because it wasn't like the player was getting across anyway. It was just a case of him just being that dick for the sake of it. And sometimes, like we can get away with it here. But if we're looking to kick on, if stuff comes, the VAR comes in, he's going to have to wise up on that. I do also think you sort of. Ashley's commentary on City Player. Oh, I was, was... about to mention that. Brilliant. It's um it's been picked up by the Fulham TikTok account. <laughs> um, I believe it's being used quite widely on TikTok and people are enjoying it. I believe someone commented on the Fulham TikTok admin with admin with the boss man dub. Um <laughs> I don't know what that means, but <laughs> it was funny. Like I, I just like he, he obviously, I don't think he's seen a replay at the time. No, he the did. He saw a replay had... and doubled down. That's, oh, no, that's, that's like, I was about to say, it seemed like he doubled away. down. Because, like, the fact that he said, oh, you know, he's gone down easy there, and then carried on saying it's disgusting. And, you know, a couple of my mates of Fulham fans texted me, and I, I'd missed this because I hadn't, I wasn't watching the Cardiff, like, TV thing for the, um, for this game. But it is really funny. It like and it, at the end of the day, it's Cardiff City TV. Why yeah. not be a bit biased? It gets yeah. engagements as well on on Twitter and things. Like we're not meant to be neutral. Like it's, it's Cardiff fans paying for that commentary. It's, it's a double down all you want. So that yeah. let's not the the Fulham fans complaining about that are also more than likely supporting England and the shit we had to put it with the Euros. Basically, I just don't commentary was bad enough like to make up just for that. I just don't think Fulham fans are real football fans at the end of the day. Um, or they don't really support, you know, they only support Fulham because they live nearby. Um, I know so many people who've been like, oh, I'll buy a season ticket because I live near Fulham. Um, so fuck them. It's basically my long shot. Any but... club that has a neutral end shouldn't be taken seriously. <laughs> exactly. Come back well, to Apparently, it was, a new, it was a neutral away end for that game because the Wheelstone Raider was amongst their fans. Was he? Was yeah, he? Apparently, apparently so, yeah. My, that's, that's the, the only ITK knowledge I got from that game is the Wheelstone Raider might have been there. Jesus. That, is a, that well. is a YouTube collaboration we missed out on there. Wheelstone Raider and Die Hunt. Oh, oh God. No, no, never never the twain no. shall meet. Never the twain shall meet. Um, moving on now to the third game of this hat-trick of games we've got to talk about. It was last night's huge 1-0 victory over Derby. Um, I've started with this one, Tom, saying that they were better than us. I think... What I mean by that is they just looked like a more cohesive team last night than we did to start with. I think there's probably remnants of the illness in there. I think there was chops and changes that we probably wouldn't have done normally, but we didn't start very well, did we? By start, I think you mean the first 80 minutes, do you? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, start, yeah, start. I didn't specify a time. <laughs> no, I didn't, no. Um, no, we weren't very good. Um, we Again, we looked kind of organised shape-wise, but when we got the ball, we looked like we were lacking something. And I think that you can see why we've been a little bit more successful in a few away games um, in recent months because I think when teams aren't pushing really hard hard forward against this, we struggle to you know break teams down. And we've seen that in the past for Cardiff teams. And that's why Derby were going for it. They needed a win from this game really to try yeah. and pull us back into the mix. And that's when we came into our own. Space just started to come up. There was tired legs. And then we looked dangerous on the counter. But for, yeah, 80 minutes of that game, we looked like we weren't going to cause them any problems at all, apart from long-range effort. So, I, yeah, I agree with you. I thought Derby were a lot better than us. And if they were a little bit more savvy in forward positions, um, they, they could put a couple on us in the first hour or so in that game. Um, despite all that, Ben, our XG was better. Talking a lot about XG in this one. Uh, I think 1.5 was our XG last night. Um, is this more to take this back to, like, not the glory days of Warnock, but what we did best, like game management, better in attack than we are necessarily in defence, kind of absorbing the play and then going on the attack. It just feels like we we are creating more chances despite perhaps not playing better football, if that makes sense. I still don't think the football was bad. I think it's just having different game plans for different games. I think a lot of what he's doing is adjusting the team to the opponents and sort of also the circumstance available that you've got a bug in the camp that sort of wiped out a lot of the players. And we've all been ill. We've all had stomach bugs. Like, you know, even after a few days. I haven't, mate. Never had. Never had one. Guts to steal you. Yeah, yeah. Anything. If someone's got guts made out of flan, it, I can tell <laughs> you, if you've got a bug, it's just, yeah. Like, even a few days later, once you've spent all that time on the toilet coming out of both ends, oh. you're still not feeling right. <laughs> Is that, that your analogy? Your, 
uh, analysis. Analysis, yeah. Yeah, yeah don't comment. <laughs> <laughs> the joke is there, everyone heard it. Um, Tom, I, I assume you put this one in. Uh, you already talked about the long range strikes. Uh, that Tommy Doyle strike that cannoned off the bar. Um, wow. The commentator said it was a bit Ruben Neves esque, and I, for one, agree with him. I, yeah, it was one hell of a strike. And he watched the replay back as well. He's watching that ball right onto his foot. He's waiting for it to drop to the right even, side to hit. Him. Yeah, he even takes a little half step in the middle to adjust yeah. his body. It was incredible. It was almost like, a, Ooh, not yet, now. Yeah. And it, what a strike. I, I, I wish that had gone in because that was an absolute belt. And again, that's where you see the class of this man. Like, a oh, very young man. He's... It was an unbelievable hit from him. Like I thought it was in. I made a weird yelping noise in 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 the flat watching that. But no, it, 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 he's he's just some player. You can see why the whole of our fan base again so excited about him. And you know the classic, don't fall in love with a lone player because he is. Feels like it's too far gone for you there, Tom. To, yeah, oh yeah, I'm smitten. I, I've gone. I'm You'll be serving you to get married to Tommy Doyle before we know it. <laughs> Let's see what he says. <laughs> and Ben um, talking about another strike that cannon off the bar Joey Riles back in the team hitting the bar firstly great strike very close to going in and two how important is it that he's back and fit for the running because we do look a different team with him in, in, the, in, the, in the starting lineup. it's huge and it? just that bit of senior head now he's a proper sort of championship def- defender midfielder now he's proper just proper number eight yeah, he's everything you want in a championship midfielder. He's got a good engine on him and he's starting to strike the ball more, sort of getting forward and trying to attack it more, which is sort of probably the one thing you can criticise him for, for his appearances and the way he's played in certain teeth and uh, certain managers. He's probably not got as many goals as he should have at the club. So to see him sort of getting those positions, striking the ball more, because he can hit the ball well. Um, he's got one of the purest strikes in the club, hasn't he? When you think, yeah. like, when you compare him to people like Volks and Pack and, and the other midfielders, his is clean as a whistle. Yeah, it's always smooth. It always looks natural. It doesn't look like a force technique, which sometimes, like as much as a Will Vox Thunderfucker is great, it's a bit, sometimes looks a bit awkward, whereas Vox is just classy that you can see sort of roles. He's that top-end championship midfielder. Yeah, he is, yeah. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a bloody Rolls-Royce, isn't he? He's a bloody Rolls-Royce. You? you love I that. I love that. I love saying that. I say that about so many footballers. It's, it's lost all meaning. Um, Tom, the, the, the winning goal came from Batman again, Uche Ikpiezu, becoming very much a cult hero amongst the Cardiff City fans. I think I saw a quote today from Wintel that basically says that Uche loves doing the Ayatollah more than anyone else at the club. He does it in training. He does it in the canteen. He does it everywhere. Um, it showed the difference, right? Hugo, I don't think Hugo was well. If you saw him before the game, he was coughing his guts up a little bit. He looked um, a little off the pace. Uche came on, scored that goal and just threw himself around, didn't he? Oh, and that's what he's here for, right? He's that, that guy. And this game had shades of the Barnsley away game again, where we were yeah. absolutely woeful for parts of the game. You know, we couldn't get anything to land. Like we start, you know, I think we had Waters up from that game. We were lumping stuff, nothing was sticking, nothing stuck in the Derby game either. So that's why we were so disjointed. And then he comes on and just throws himself about. He nearly kills Literally Curtis threw himself Davis. into Curtis Davis. Yeah. That was hilarious. I don't know how the ref missed it. I don't know how, yeah, how he got I, away with that. It was so I've in front of the ref. so many times. Because you're, you're off in rugby for that. Like, yeah. it's such a He almost hit. gave him whiplash. Yeah, so funny. But he's just, he's effective. And that's the word that everyone uses. But he is effective. And that's not, as agricultural as he was, that is some finish. I think... On it's the commentary, they, they, try, they tried to say that it might have been accidentally stuck a leg out. Bollocks. No, he, was, he, he pulled himself around from Curtis Davis, got Curtis Davis at the side, and knew exactly what he was doing to get on the yeah. end of it. It's a natural instinct that you can't yeah. teach that sort of goal. It's, it, you, I, uh, you can see why Cardiff fans love him, can you? Like, like we've said this before, he just throws himself about. And there will be some performances where you frustrate the breath out of you where nothing will stick, things will bounce off him, including players as well. But like everything he took, like even his little step overs at the end where he looks like he was going to kick someone in the fourth row of the camping stand. <laughs> yeah. like, it's like doing it's the can can, isn't he? Yeah, you can't help but love the bloke. And he's one of those players you'd love to get him in long term because he's an option, isn't he, to bring on. And when you're saying that we need different game plans for different teams, he's ideal in that situation. And the start that, that came up during that game, like we've had the most goals by substitutes in the league. And like well, that, I was and that, say that, it's, it's, well, I think we'll lead on to the Morrison questions later on, but like it shows that what 
he's doing in the latter stages of games is working. And Uche is the perfect person to have at your disposal for those changes. It's also important to have players like him who don't seem to mind coming off the bench. Like, I know he's here on loan and it's probably a bit of bonus playing time because he wasn't playing at Middlesbrough and it looked like he was all awful world on, on his way out there. But to come in here and seem to enjoy coming off the bench and impacting the games as he has, if we're going into next season, we'd say... We might end up, I don't know, if, if Hugel's out of contract, I don't think he is, but there was some talk that he was. If we were able to get Hugel in as a first as a first striker alongside Davis, then all of a sudden you've got Ipiezu and if Collins stays around, you've got two options to bring off the bench. Seems like Collins probably won't stick around. But um, anyway, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see Uche stay uh, next season. It was his birthday last week. Uh, happy 27th birthday to Uche. And if you're I'm a Cardiff City fan... I know he looks a bit older than that, doesn't he? Um, but if you're a Cardiff City fan out there looking for a birthday present, have we got the performance package for you? Here at VFTN, we're all about the smooth moves. Whether it's a Joe Rawls through ball or a Shawnee Moz celebration, we simply love it when things run smooth. And that's why we're big fans of the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. We've been using their lawnmower shaver now for the past few weeks, and let me tell you, it's as smooth as Robert Earnshaw's head down there. I've been using razors and scissors to keep myself trimmed down below, but this device changes the game. Whether it's your plums, your armpits, or your chest, the lawnmower's skin-safe technology leaves you smooth and clean without any risks of bumps or nicks. And when you're done, you can use their Crop Preserver deodorant to keep things feeling super fresh down there. It's a game changer. I never knew I needed it, and now I can't live without it. And for our view from the Ninian listeners, we've teamed up with Manscaped to offer you 20% off their Performance Package 4.0. Not only do you get the Lawnmower 4.0 shaver and the Crop Preserver deodorant, but you also get the Weed Whacker. For those of you out there with that excess nose and ear hair, we see you. And a refreshing Crop Reviver tonic. You'll also get a pair of Manscaped boxes thrown in, as well as a bag to keep all your bits in. It's simply not to be missed. To get your hands on the very best in male grooming, head over to uk.manscaped.com and select the Performance Package 4.0. And at the checkout, use the code VFT Ninian for 20% off your purchase. That's VFT Ninian for 20% off your purchase. Trust us, your balls will thank you. Thanks to our sponsors, Manscaped, for continuing to sponsor the podcast. Um, ben, immediately after the game yesterday, we had some good news for once around our manager, Steve Wanar Morrison. Um, he's been given a contract up until the summer of 2023. That's a 15 month contract. Um, the first question, the obvious question, Ben, is that the right decision? Yeah, I think so. It sort of eliminates that doubt. We're all getting a bit twitchy now of with this many players sort of at a contract, planning needs to be happening and mm-hmm. sort of the things coming out the out of the press conferences where the, the planning hasn't really started yet, which with that, with was it 12 players at a contract and going back on loan and stuff? That's a We've lot. Got a lot of players on the way out the door, haven't we? So plans need to be in place now. Someone needed to be put in place to decide, right, I want to keep him, we can let him go, we'll see what we can do with that and sort of also plan who's coming in. So to make that decision and get it done straight away now can only be good for the club, it can only be good for the players, reassure them, and sort of give the players that are sticking around a big boost. So, yeah, I think it's a great move. Tom, do you agree? Yeah, I I said in earlier pods that I think Biden our time was the right decision, wait it out because we don't want to rush it. But I think... As much as I was saying to wait till the end of the season, I think the timing is right. I think he's won me over in press conferences by saying... He's played a blinder, isn't he? Yeah, I'm impressionable, as we all know. Like, (laughs) my mood changes by the day. But, like, it does I think you're the only person on the podcast who wanted to keep Mick McCarthy. Let's not bring that back up again. (laughs) Um, But, um, uh, yeah, it it just makes sense from a continuity point of view. There's a lot of stuff that's going on in the club at the moment that's, you know, all over the shop. So having that continuity, having a permanent manager in, He's got a team behind him that seems settled now. You know, looking at the way that players and stuff are reacting to him after the game and stuff, they're buying into it. Um, so, yeah, why not? It does, seem, it does seem like the right decision and the right type of contract as well. It's only until the summer next season. We haven't yeah. gone wild and given him seven years or something like that. So <laughs> With I a three-year extension if he wants it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's nice to have some sort of consistency in the club at the moment. I'm, I'm just looking at those rolling contracts, though. So it's not a case of when we're coming to sort of the, this time next year, we, we if things are going well, we've got that issue of, oh shit, is it going to happen again? Hopefully, it's a case of that, that if things are happy, this rolls on and rolls on. I can imagine he's got um, an extension kind of baked into that, but I think rolling contracts are kind of um, a bit of a misnomer, really, because you think they're rolling and you can just trigger at any point, but you almost have to let them twelve months, you know, so far in advance that you want to keep them on, that they're almost pointless. Like you think yeah. a rolling contract is, you just go like. You know, when you're living in a house and you go to a month-to-month Tennessee, that's what it becomes. But it doesn't. It's like you have to commit to them year on year in advance of that. Twi- it's just, it's just, it's just a weird bullshit thing. Um, 
Ikiezu, by the way, born in 1995, um, which is which seems mental. Um, I'm just looking on uh, transfer market now. You can sponsor us if you want. Um, these are the players who will be leaving us at the end of the year, and I'll lead into the next question off this. At the end of the season, we'll have Ikiezu, Hugill, Tommy Doyle, Drama, and Alfie Doherty going back on loan. Smithies, Sean Morrison, two R's, Aidan Flint, Marlon Pack, Isaac Vassell, Joe Rolls, and Will Volks, and Leandro Bakuna, all out of contract. Um, that about 12, 13 players who are going to leave the, the club at the end of the season, Tom. I'll come to you first, and Ben, I'll come to you next. When a president comes in, they always do like a, a, a hundred a hundred days, basically. Look ahead to that hundred days. What are his priorities coming in now as a permanent manager? He's mentioned in the press conferences about player contracts. What does he do? What's his first conversation today, tomorrow, whenever it is? I think we've seen shades of what his hundred days will be like already. I think now that we're almost we're not mathematically safe, but people are saying, look, we're not going to get dragged into it now. We'll I think we'll see some real tinkering with our squad. On I think we'll see different combinations being put out there. He's really going to find out what players he wants to keep and what he wants to show the door. Um, and I think it'd be interesting to see if his attitude changes in press conferences now that he's not trying to win people over with, you know, saying like plans haven't started. I wouldn't be surprised if his plans have started already and he starts to say what he really thinks because mm-hmm. he's not, he doesn't seem like a character who'll hold back. Was he um, not shy in coming forwards? Yeah, exactly. It was really interesting that Bradley Johnson, half time in the Cardiff game last night, um, in the Derby game last night, but they said, oh, do you expect him to be a manager when you played alongside him in Norwich? And he went, <laughs> no. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it'd be really interesting to see what he's like in the next 100 days. But I think, yeah, like I said, tinkering, I think you want to see people, we want to see Joe Rawls signed to a new contract, don't we? That's the one everyone's crying out for. You know, you wouldn't mind seeing, I'm not sure how people go about it, some of these loan players maybe extending loans into next season. I doubt you'll see that because they'll go back for pre-season and stuff. But you want to know that these conversations have started around getting people like Drama back or mm-hmm. even at least ask the question about Doyle, Doty, people like that. So, yeah, that's a long-winded way of saying it. I hope he tinkers and I hope he I hope he um, get, gets a couple of permanent signings like done, done and dusted early. Ben, what, what's your priorities for, 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 for Stevie Boz? Uh, dragging Joe Rawls into his office and tying him up until, and not letting him leave until he signs a new deal. I think it's that's just... It? Vital for me. He's, All right, it's the building. Moving on. No, anything else for us going forward. Um, do you think now, uh, Tom? Tom kind of talked about it there the tinkering happening. I think we've already seen perhaps James Collins might not be at the forefront of his plans if he's with the under twenty three. He's not really in the squad so much. Do you think now he just cuts people like that out altogether? We haven't seen Bakuna come back in a little while. Do you think he just goes washes hands with those kind of those kind of players and then? prioritises the rest of the people that he wants in and around the squad for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think that's more likely to happen. I think it's different because he's not a new guy coming in and he's got to go through yeah. all this sort of, he's got he's not got to find his level. He's been with these lads now for three, four months. He knows who he wants to keep and who's going to go. So like it's telling that what Bakun has been back for, from suspension for six games. It's not even made the bench outside the cup. No. It's telling that sort of he's not involved. It's telling that despite Collins probably being our only real striker on, yes, a permanent striker. <laughs> Under contract next year, he's training with Inter-23s on a match day and is called at last minute. Um, it's a shame for some of those players to see him go and sort of they'll know their time's up, but at least it's probably good for them that they've now got the time to sort of find... It's the, it's the certainty, plan. isn't it? Like, yeah. We, that's what we talked about and what Morrison's talked about in press conferences. He can't plan when he doesn't know if he's going to be next here, here next season. Like, what's the point in signing in, uh, uh, certain players on new contracts if you don't know, A, if you want them, or B, if you're even going to be here next year? Exactly. Um, it's not good for any players. You don't, the last thing you need is, say, Morrison, for instance, fancies Bakuna, signs to a new three-year deal, and is then let go. And the next manager comes in and is like, no, I don't fancy him. You've then got yeah. a player, you've got a sell on, who's got on a wage and sort of got to try and command a cap transfer fee out. And when, again, in the summer, there's not going to be money splashing around. It's going to be the market of free agents and sort of loans again. And that's sort of what I think it'll be for the next couple of years, especially when we'll talk about what's coming up in the next six to 10 weeks. I've just looked yeah. at Takuna's transfer market. He hasn't been in the squad since he got sent off, and that was the 30th of December. He's yeah, not I, been in I, the squad in I, I, preceding. I, I, one, two, three, four, five, 12 games. 
I thought he was in the FA Cup squad, so yeah, I was wrong. But I think this is this is purely league. Um, oh, okay, yeah, he might have been involved in the FA Cup. He was he was on the bench against Liverpool, but that's his only appearance on the bench since then, really. Yeah, he wasn't so even in the squad for the first FA Cup game against Preston. So that's clear. He's gone. He, as far as sort of the club's concerned, he's out the door come first of July. Um, so yeah, it is just down to planning now, isn't it? It's yeah. it's now time for the club to do this plan and sort of think it through properly. We've got a young manager in, we've got a good popular sort of coaching set that seems to be really well regarded, sort of doing well. You've got like high thought of coaches like Mark Hudson. Now is the time for the club to really knuckle down and develop our ethos with the manager in place. And, and Tom, we talk about planning. Obviously, he's he's blooded in so many youth players, people like Denham, King, Colwell, Davis, we can expect to see more of this season and into next season. But is it now about identifying and looking for those signings who might be on a free, who might be on low transfers, who might be coming up from the leagues below us to, to kind of bulk out that squad and give it a bit more of an experience edge with so many players moving on? Yeah, definitely. I think he's been quite clever with the youngsters this year. He's dipped them in and out, given them a taste of it. So they want to, you know, they know they can get into the squad and sort of limit. But you do need to bolster it. You need to bring people in. And there's plenty of clubs out there who work off shoestring budgets and do well with it. You know, when you see the likes of like Luton flying up the league, the way that Huddersfield have gone about their business and stuff this year, there's models there to base ourselves on. And that's all we need to do. You know, the days of us throwing casher players are behind us. Um, well, that may change with certain things that we'll discuss later on. But like, we, we've got to be savvy with who we're bringing in. And yeah. we, we've been savvy this year with loan signings and with who we brought in in the, in, the, in, the, in the January transfer window. I mean, need shades of that again now going into next season. Um, and I, I'm a lot more optimistic in terms of getting people in of the right ilk because of that January transfer window. You know, it shows that he, he went about it the right way. I, I don't know whether we've improved our scouting network or what, but something worked. And like you said earlier on about the Tommy Doyle thing, if, even if we don't get Tommy Doyle back, clubs like Man one. City will look how we've treated the players who've come in and looked how they've developed under us and we'd be willing to send them back to us again. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a big summer for us, but I think it's going to be dominated by freeze and loans again. Um, I don't think in the summer we had a bad transfer window. We just had the wrong man in charge to sort of utilise him. You look at who came in, like Wintle, since he's been under um, Morrison, has been great. Um, McGuinness, all right, he's had a bit, of a, a bit of a sluggish patch now, but young, exciting player. I think the sort of the back end stuff's been all right. It's now just making sure that doesn't get lost and everything sort of makes sense going forward with it. But but the Wintle, the Wintle signing is a, is a prime example of the, the need of why we needed someone in long term because. Wintle, the conversations around Wintle might start in January because he would have been six months out of contract at that point. You can't sign pre-contract agreements at that point, but I think you can start talking about them. If he was talking to Harris and then was like, I'm going to sign for Cardiff because I've met Harris. And then the reason we were told was he left because the football all of a sudden under McCarthy wasn't his type of football. So that shows the need for that consistency. It's not necessarily a bad transfer window because Wintle has proven to be a good signing in the end. It's just when that player comes in, if the manager has changed, all of a sudden that manager might not fancy him or might not play the system that he thrives in. It's worked out for the best long term, but in that moment, it just looks stupid, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and the final question, and this is for you, Ben, and then I'll come to you, Tom. Um, we have had a habit recently of just going from manager to manager. I think that, you know, it's a couple of years and then they go on. Is Morrison the man for the long term or is he now just the man to take us to the next appointment? How do you see this playing out? I'd like to think it's long term, but I don't think any manager is long term these days in football. It's the character. Long term now is like two, three years. It's yeah. three, four years, maybe. And I'd like to think I'd like to think he'll get that here and hopefully at least a success and he moves on because he's done well and got a bigger job. That's what I'd like to think will happen, and hopefully it does. So yeah, I'll go long term, hopefully. Tom? I just got to, now that he's settled and got a contract, I just got this nagging feeling he's going to rub people up the wrong way very, very quickly. <laughs> I really like him. He takes, like, he takes no prisoners, does he? He didn't as a footballer. I don't think he will as a manager. I, I can't imagine him being a person who sticks around really long term. But I, you know, it, I don't know. He's get, we're getting some sort of reaction. Not like we're, it's not like we've gone from bottom of the table flying up the league with him in charge. But you know, we I think since he took over, we'd be a solid something tenth or eleventh in the league, and that's a big improvement. So yeah, I'd like to see him in long term, but I am really interested to see 
how his attitude changes or, or if it does stay the same over the next few months. It's an interesting time. Uh, it's also an interesting time off the pitch. Um, there's a big story this week, Ben, around um, Cardiff City's long-term future being on the line with these, um, there's several court cases going on at the moment. Obviously, the main court case is Salah, which we'll, we'll, we'll get to at the end, but there's two with two former big names uh, who are, you know, I don't know, I don't even know how Sam Haman is still around suing us. That guy is fucking toxic and he should have been dumped a long time ago. Um, I think I think Haman's uh, lawsuit is over around a £50 million loan note from um, Langston, which he isn't involved in. Make that clear. Sam Haman isn't Langston, but he most definitely is Langston. Um, and I think Michael Isaacs in, is related to some of the commercials around the club. I'm, I'm, that's the one I'm less, I'm less aware of. Isaacs is... With- diluting shares isn't it he feels that because Tan's converted his shares to equity his shares are worth less so he should be like compensated remunerated for those basically yeah but obviously it just means more money going out to those at the moment with everything that's going on are you worried? Because it seems like we're spending a lot of time on these court cases and maybe that's where the the, the, the planning kind of took took a, a little by the wayside it seems like one of them is wrapping up. We could know sooner or later whether we have to pay the money. Are you worried about the long-term future of the club with all this money on the line? Yeah, I think you have to be, don't you? Like if, if things go tits up and things don't go, go our way, is it about 50 million, 50, 60 million? I think we'll, the club I will think end up shelling out. Yeah, Salah, we've put 21 million pounds aside for in the um in the in the balance in the balance sheet, I think Sam Haman's about fifteen million quid. I think Isaac's maybe ten to fifteen as well. I think Isaac's is ten. I think that the from sort of um, Paul Abandonato, to be fair to him, did quite a good summary of this on Wales Online. Yeah, he did. sort of helped, which helped me su- like understand it a lot better. So fair play to him for that because normally what he writes is shite. So um, <laughs> damned with faint praise. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's good. Um, it sort of covered it well. Um, from what you sort of reading, you sort of think the Isaac's one is the one that will sort of. The club will probably lose if it goes either way. I think he's got more of a case. Herman is just the turd that won't flush and has taken yeah. the piss, isn't he? He's a skid I mean, mark, isn't he? Oh, he's just horrendous. The fact he was offered a presence, and he said, yeah, come watch the games, you can have the box, blah, blah, blah. And he suddenly decided, right, that entitles me to like everything and I deserve to be involved again. He's just a prick. And there's still people that think he wants good for the club, and I hate it. Uh, but yeah, like every one of them is sort of an issue that the club can't really afford to lose. Just like there was a line in their piece by Van Nato that said, just because it's on the spreadsheet doesn't mean the 21 million for sellers actually there. They've still got to find that cash because yeah. you can you can sort of put that aside. You can say it's put aside, but it's a lot of it's money. It's accounted for. It's not, it's, it's not there, is it? Not there, um, yeah. Tom, did you think in the year of our Lord 2022, um, after a pandemic, we'd still be talking about Sam Haman. Oh, it's madness. Like, it's just where his obsession still, and it's it almost comes across as a jealousy thing of, you know, he made all these promises back in the day, and we did progress underneath him, but he said we're going to be this Premier League club, but it didn't happen under his stewardship. You know, after he left, we moved to a new stadium, we became a Premier League football club. You know, we had success, we, we had Wembley trips, and I think it's just that kind of, in his head, is the what if. And it's just his obsession. He's no good for us anymore. Like, he needs to disappear from Cardiff City Football Club. And it might have been a little bit short-sighted at a time to give him the, that kind of honourable title that he's got, that he can get a parking yeah. space and a burger at half-time, because now he thinks he can pick transfer policy. But, like, it, it's it's just... I, I, there's, not, there's very few Cardiff fans, uh, probably in single digits, who want him around this club anymore. And it's just, I wish he'd go away. And But, like... With the wider cases, it's I think Paul Abandonato summed it up nicely in terms of we could win three cases and suddenly financial burden has disappeared from us. Like Vincent Tan might be re-energised or we become a good prospect to sell all of a sudden. But if it goes the other way and we lose three cases, we could be in real shit street. And it's, it's had that kind of air of inevitability that something's going to happen to us for years now and it hasn't quite happened yeah. yet. And, you know, I think... And I think Ben said that Michael Isaac one's the one we're most likely to lose. Apparently, that's the one that Cardiff feel they've got the strongest case in. But, like, that's the one that's going to cost us the least. And I, I, the one thing, I think you brought it up in the group, Ben James, around the, the wording of the Salah thing, when it was referred to as the headline act. And that didn't quite sit right. Yeah. But no, it is that, it's our most high-profile, high it yeah. would have been more sensible wording. That one is a horrible case. 
not just on a financial front for us, but in terms of damage it could do to clubs' reputation. And, and boy, have we had some damage to our reputation over the last 10 years. It's yeah. just, it'd be nice to see the back of this, but also his family looked after as well. Because I think that's the real victims in, it, in, in this. Obviously, it's our himself and the family. And I, I feel like very little thoughts go into them at the moment. I, doing all this. I think that's that's my point about the whole thing. And it's I, I remember when when the, the the obviously we got news of him passing away, you know, what, three years ago now, when um, when he was meant to sign for us and all that kind of stuff. I just think everyone's lost sight of, of what's at the core of this. And as you said it there, it's his family, it's him, it's a human being at the bottom of this. And I think I've seen it on Twitter from Cardiff City fans. I've seen it on um, on message boards from Cardiff City fans. People don't seem to refer to Salah as a person. It's just at this case, it's, it's almost like a millstone around our neck because we have to pay for him somehow. This money's got to come from somewhere. At the core, at the core, the, the, the centre of all this, at the core of all this, is that human tragedy. And like I understand, from the club's position, they have their contracts that they want to go through, and there's a process to follow through here with player insurance, all that kind of stuff. I completely understand it, but the way that it's moved so far away from who is at the core of this, which was Emiliano Salah, and I just wish people would keep sight of that because it's, yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna suck if we have to pay the money towards, you know, the, the money to it because we're broke as a football club. But if it sorts out his family, if it looks after his family, then that should be that should be something we should be glad to do. And I think that's just where I feel about this whole thing. It's just like we talk about it as a court case when it's not. It's a human tragedy. I do think that's part of the issue with the court case, isn't it? It's this 15 million or 21 million quid or whatever it is with everything all in. It's not going to go to his family, is it? It's going to Nance. Mm. And that's no. that's where it gets blurred, isn't it? That's where people are going. I think every city fan be in agreement of just going, if it went to his if that if Nansen City shook hands and went, right, we'll give what was supposed to go to us, we'll pass on to that family. I don't think it'd be an issue. I think it would, I think every City fan would be like, yeah, 100% do that. That's the right thing too. It's an issue of sort of, and it's a, it's a discussion issue and it's not an easy issue. It's not an easy, simple case. It's not as simple as saying Cardiff owned him, Cardiff didn't own him. There's a reason this case has taken so long. It's so complicated. There's no real, even if we won the case, we haven't won anything. That's the thing people need to remember more. No, than. it's no, no one's, no one's winning out of this. But to your point, it's, it's the way people are talking about it more than anything. Like it's, it's not necessarily where the money's going. It's at the court. His family is still alive. He's got relatives who are still alive, and they're just sat there seeing him as like a piece of a, a pawn between two football clubs that's being argued over, like a, you know, a, a political football, whatever it is. And like I see people on Twitter all the time arguing over this thing, like it's a tribal thing. This isn't a tribal fucking thing. A tribal thing is. We hate Swansea. We hate Bristol. This isn't a tribal thing. This isn't something to argue about over Twitter by going, oh, well, the contract wasn't signed. Like, this isn't something to argue about in that way. This is something that I think there needs to be greater care. And Ben, you're right. Like, it's, 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 I don't think necessarily it's the club at fault. It's just the wider reporting about the whole thing stinks. Yeah. I completely go with that. And it's, uh, it's media scum, and we're not part of the media. But I, I, it's not just a case of tribalism. I think it's a case of, a lot of it's it's easy to blame Cardiff this entire situation. I think yeah, I, there's I'd agree a lot of dirty shit that Nance have played in this, and you sort of you read the. Um, there's also it's, it's also it's um the the, the Mackays and you know what they're alleged of. It's the people who organised the pilot. The, the whole, whole thing, thing the whole thing is rancid. horrible. It's and Salah was the disgusting. innocent victim in it all. And I think I just want like I, that's the thing I just want people to remember is that this isn't you know, this isn't Haman arguing over £10 million worth of shares or a fucking title. This is some. This is somebody's son, somebody's brother, whatever it is, who, yeah, like, you know, we, we took part in the dirty business of trying to sign a footballer and he tragically passed away. Yeah. I just think it's, I just think that's what people are losing sight of. It's, it's, a, it's a larger, it's a larger issue I have with the whole thing. Well, I think that's fair. I think you, you're only right to have that issue as well. It's not. It's not healthy to put it aside and say, "Oh, it's just money. It's just football." Because it's not. No, it's not. It's it's great. It's bigger than that, and that's um, and that's that's it for me. Moving on to something maybe a bit more lighter, we'll take some Twitter questions. Um, our friend Daniel Morgan has come back with what he thinks might be a better question than last week's, but I don't think it is. Um, <laughs> so we'll run through these. Uh, left of center. First part of plan is executed, stay it up. Second may cause a few ripples as not all players will get a new contract. This summer will be huge. Personally, I think we'll see some young players coming on loan and permanent contracts from 
Prem teams and also some Winterlesque signings. Sam Hill wasn't the best form- performance against Derby, but still got three points. The team have done a lot more togetherness and are clearly paying for the coaching staff. Deserved deal for the gaffer and hopefully gets the right backing in the summer to prove what he can do in a full season. Mike Jenkins, if Morrison can get a deal, why not crucial players like Riles Flint and Smithies need to sort out their contracts ASAP? Ben, is Riles the only player out of those three you'd sort of contract out for? You say Riles Flint and Smithies. On reduced terms, I'd keep both, but they'd have to be massively reduced terms for Smithies and Flint to stay, which I don't mm-hmm. think they do. So, yeah, but Rolls the priority. The other two are bonuses. If they stay, great. If they go, that's fine as well. I think that's, I think other than Rolls and possibly Morrison, I think that for all the other players, that's probably as, as much as I'll get out of them is sort of if they stay, cool. If they go, not asked. If they stay, will they go now? Uh, Di Reese, everything seems sort of promising, really. Weird, isn't it? Jamie Stone. Everything. Not everything. Well, well, Cardiff City related stuff. There's a lot of shit in the world there. Uh, Jamie Stone with one R, now the man in, in my opinion. This is the start. Oh, with one R, I read that wrong. Now the man in. My opinion is, is that this is the start of a big rebuild, possibly the start of a very productive th- period for us thoughts. Tom, could this, if he sticks around, you know, he knows the youth setup, has blooded the youth in, this could be the start of a, a, a nice thing for us. I hope so. I think. We've really sorted our youth set about recently, and he might be the manager to be the one who kind of benefits from that. And mm-hmm. having him in the youth set of himself is obviously an advantage for him. He knows what talent is in those ranks. So, yeah, I hope so, because it's been it's been fun watching Cardiff um, in the last couple of months. Like, yeah, it was it was dire beginning of the season, but like just seeing some of these youngsters, like, like bagging, bagging three goals in a row and, you know, Isaac Davis putting shifts in, Harris playing well. And we yeah. haven't seen much of Colwell, but the fact that we're crying out to see more of a youngster, you know, we haven't had that for donkey's years. So it, it is quite exciting and I'm hoping that it comes into fruition properly in the next season or two. Yeah, I can't remember the last time we had sort of four or five, you know, we had Gunter and Ramsey come through at a similar time. Um, we had Ben Nugent and Declan John coming through at a similar time. Ah, the um, the golden generation, but we haven't had, you know, feasibly next year we could have King, Denham, Colwell, Davis starting. That's four. I feel like I'm missing someone there as well. Mark, um, Harris. Mark Harris. That's five players who could be part of our starting lineup going into a, a championship season. Um, Gonzo McKenzie, Morrison definitely under contract. Will be an interesting summer. Still not sure what his preferred style is, if he has the players he wants. Have shifted away from his early possession-based games to a much more counter-based style. Lewis John, Uche seems to score goals that we thought Kiefer would have. If we weren't, if it weren't for the constant giving way of cheap fouls. Massive three points. And if Morrison won art is given back in the summer, we could see something special next season. Sean Collins, we are definitely safe now. Famous last words. Hopefully we can start building for next season. I heard we might be able to have Doyle next season as well, which could be massive. We seem to be grinding out results again, which is so important in this league. Just need to build momentum for next year now. Doyle for another year would be huge. Lee Spear, delighted he's been given the extension. Wasn't the best display, but that win might allow us to start planning for next season. We are closer points-wise to the playoffs than the bottom three at the time of writing this. Ben, is there a playoff run in this team? This year? Not a chance. We're closer to them points-wise than we are in the playoff, uh, the relegation zone at the moment, Ben. Optimism, please. No. Tom, plucky eighth, on? Uh, yeah, plucky eighth. Let's, <laughs> go let's, on. Let's go for it. Yeah, Hooray! come on. Um, James Davis, deserve new deal for the January transfer window alone, which probably has a lot to do with him getting the extension, given we'll likely lose half the current team this summer. If we can keep Doyle and build around him, Winter and Riles too, we could be onto something. Um... Ryan asks, can you play a friend of the pod, Ryan, from Alternative Wales, can you play a game of keep sell with the current squad? I guess in Morrison's contract, we can really start building towards a summer rebuild. Maybe that's one for next time, because we kind of talked about it earlier on, but we can go through the whole squad next time. Connor Davis, just wondering how long do we lift the Champions League under Steve Morrison, to be honest, four or five seasons. Um, nice optimism. Tom Bevan, uh, please for the man with one R, or is it two? So, in oh. in the club news report, Morrow, his nickname is spelt with two R's. Surely it's one R. It'd look weird, yeah. though, wouldn't it? With one R. It would look weird. Um, Oliver Reese, if you had to pick one Cardiff player to present represent us at Gary Medine's Fight Club, who are you picking, Ben? Uh, I don't know if I'm going to play. I'm going to manager. I'm sticking Steve in there. Sticking Steve in? All right. Tom? I probably would go, like, Uche. But he's he's nice, and then, and then but part of me would go fuck it, put Perry NG in, 
Yeah, uh, just, just, scrapper, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you can see from that elbow, you know, he, he likes a bit of niggle. I wouldn't mind sending him in there, see what he could do. Perry NG. I'm going to go Curtis Nelson. I reckon he's quite hard. He's got a massive head, so I reckon he could take a punch. Yeah, but Perry NG's like a little rough kid, isn't he? He's like Perry NG is 100% gold chain, topless, right JD Sports bag. On a, yeah, on a BMX. Yeah, he doesn't bring a boot bag, he brings a JD Sports bag. <laughs> yeah. um, Daniel Morgan, our question, um, question asked, asker extraordinaire. Um, this one's, it's a different one compared to last week. Last week's was great for one reason, but this one is a different one. I've got another would you rather. So I'll come to you both in this one, but Ben, I'll come to you first. Would you rather win half a million pounds for yourself, but Cardiff go into liquidation and drop down the leagues, or you win fuck all, but Cardiff get a big financial takeover with the potential to get into Europe, etc.? What would you do, Ben? Um, Half a million quid. Half a million quid for yourself, but Cardiff go into liquidation and drop down the leagues. So let's say we go to League Two and you get half a million quid, or you win... Absolutely naffle, and we get taken over with the prospect of Premier League in Europe. The state of the economy, half a million quid ain't that fucking much. So I'll go. All right, big bucks. Yeah, how much are you earning? You know, <laughs> not, not enough. But like, yeah, you're not set for life off half a million quid, are you? And you're not you're enough to, to just... sort you out in a little bit of a way, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, but I still have to work. And like, if, if it was a case of enough money to not work or Cardiff liquidation, to our city. <laughs> if it's that sort of amount, I yeah, I'm fine with City getting a massive takeover and us going on a European tour. To be honest, all right, Tom. Yeah, if it was the club going into liquidation, I mean, there's a possibility of me never seeing Cardiff again. Drop down I, the leagues is the, the key that, thing. That, that's yeah. the thing, right? Because as long as I've got a club to support, it's good nah, point, nah, you're I a loyal supporter. Is what I'm you're a loyal to say, supporter. Yeah. As long as I've got a club there, but like. If, it, if, if the club he's such a loyal support, he's taking all the money and running. Nah, I'd give it to the club. I generally it depends on big what does big financial back. I think we need stricter parameters on this. What would you so he said he said in the thing in, in the original tweet, like a Saudi style takeover of someone like Newcastle, that sort of money. I don't think it's it's the people, it's the money in question. Like we could become the richest club in the world. Like if I was then and not by a horrible regime, say some random bloke popped up from South Wales with Saudi money. I, Michael I Moritz, right? The guy who invested in Google. He's from Cardiff. There we go. I, I, I think, honestly, I'd pay half a million pounds to go on a European tour with Cardiff. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you turn that question on its head. Yeah. I, I, again, I flick back and forth between things. I, yeah, club card the money. I, I'll, say, I'll stay skinned. I'd also quite like to see the carnage Cardiff will cause as the richest club in the world. Like we'd be the we'd only, have we'd, Steve, be, we'd keep Steve Morrison as manager and we'd sign Uche for three hundred three million quid. We'd fuck it somehow. <laughs> we would probably fuck it somehow. We'd, like we'd be the world's richest club and somehow end up in League Two anyway. Yeah, we get a European yeah. tour after this. That's that, that was said, wasn't it? Yeah, we get we we aim That's to fine. Europe. Yeah, we That's get a European fine. tour. Do we pay oh, I can't, I, entry for the Welsh Cup? That's how we no, get we, the European tour. Can we, can we can't go to Europe through the FA? Can we? We can't. We can't. No. But perhaps that, the Premier League. Perhaps we might become the richest club in the world, but decide to if we got, to if we got the to the Premier League. If we got to the Premier League, could we go to Europe through the Premier League? Yes. Yeah. There we go. Then we'd just do that. Bro. Easy. <laughs> we got all the money in the world. Easy. Uche's taking us to Europe. Hat trick on the final day to win us the league um, against Man City. Uh, I can't go against consensus, so I agree with you both. Um, and finally, in this bumper pod, three games talked about, reviewed, looked back on. All the Cardiff City issues covered. Now we've got to look forward to QPR away on Saturday. Um, Tom, we're the informed... Sorry, we're not the informed team. QPR were the informed team. I read that wrong. But now they seem to be on one in six. Mark Warburton shitting the bed with die marshalling goals. I think they're feeling the pressure. They weren't expected to be up there. Maybe a playoff run, but all of a sudden they were in the running for automatics and it's falling apart a little bit. Yeah, I'd say they are feeling the pressure, you know. The teams they've lost to or like not picked up results against, you know, they're, they're impressive. They had an impressive win last time out against Blackpool. Um, not last time out, the time before, sorry. We're, I think they were down to 10 men and still 1 2 1. But like outside of that, they've drawn with Hull, they've lost comfortably to Millwall, they've lost to Barnes, they lost to Peterborough in the Cup. Like it's not like they've been beaten by like the likes of Fulham. Um, I, I don't think they're the force they were a couple of months ago. And I think no. the pressure has got to them. They went from being plucky underdogs to Looking like they were bank the bankers for the um for the playoffs, so they're the they're the ones who be feeling the pressure now. We've got a little bit of pressure off us after looking like we're going to be a solid championship team next season. So I I'm I'm looking forward. To, it's one of my favorite away days anyway. So I'm buzzing anyway. But I'm looking forward to playing them because I think they they might be there for the taking this weekend. And do you agree? 
Yeah, they don't seem as sort of. I say that they don't seem as fearful, but our record at Loftus really shite, and it's awful for us in the championship. So, but yeah, I think on paper they're, they're probably there for the taking. We should be looking to get something from this game. Um, Ben, do you remember when we beat them in the playoff final? They sent signed their best player and ruined him. It was nice, wasn't it? Yeah, it was good. That was glory days. Um, Richard Langley wasn't the same after coming to us. Tom, um, you're going going to your away day. Um, you say it's one of your favourite away days, but it's a shit ground, isn't it? Yeah, but I love shit grounds. And theirs there is go. close to the pitch. It feels like you're above the keeper. Yeah, it, yeah. It's bonkers. Yeah, I think it was my first, it's my first or second away day as well. The one where we uh, guaranteed our playoff place when Ledley scored and we won there. So I've just got, got like, a, I've just got a soft spot for that as an away day. And they're a horrible club. Um, <laughs> and I just like going there. Yeah. They're, they're, I don't know what it is about them. Like, I feel like I say it's about every club that I dislike them. I, I really dislike QPR. And I, I just, I'm really excited for this game. But our, our record in London over the last five or six years has been absolutely woeful. I think it's only two bad. hours away on the train. It's just, it's such a bad record. I think we haven't, we haven't won London, have we, in five years? Or something, or 16 games or something has been, isn't it? Since we've yeah, won in we London. always seem to draw with Millwall. We drew, we lost to Brentford the year they got promoted, I think. No. Did we beat Brentford yeah. when we beat, does a horse scored that goal against Brentford? But that was ages ago. Five when seasons think, ago now, wasn't it? Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, we don't really beat Fulham very often either. Like, we... We drew with Charlton. Did we, beat them in, did we beat Fulham in the playoffs at their place? Playoffs, last year? Yeah. Two oh, I'm sorry, ago. in a regular league game then. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, fair enough. But like, I'm, it, I'm just trying to work it out in my head. I'm not on the whole, it, on the whole shit in London. And for some reason, the optimism is going, we're going to win this Saturday. And I don't well, know why. Ben, they've got a few familiar faces in their squad. Um, Doma, who seems to be playing a right wing back situation at the moment. Uh, they've got Di marshalling goals. Um, Remember, remember when we signed a domer and thought he was going to save us all, and now he's shite again. I, I, I he's he's another one that I just sort of personality wise, I love. Just always had a smile. On he got face. stuck in, didn't he? Yeah, it just didn't stop. But yeah, I didn't realize he's the most. He's got the most championship players, uh, most championship appearances out of any player. Yeah, mad. What currently playing? No, just in general, he's he's the record holder of championship appearances. Really? Yeah, I How didn't realize he got? the most. Lot. I have to look that up now, mate. So yeah, it's he. It's a weird one when he sort of had moments where he was brilliant, sort of helped us get to the playoffs. I think he came in and did like a really good job for us. But yeah, he's not a player one at the club now, especially not playing at wing back. He's like thirty. Yeah, it's a strange five. position, isn't it? 34, 34, 34 and sort of yeah. God, he's very look. consistent. If you look, if you look back at his, I'm looking at his Wikipedia now. Yeah, this is scintillating radio once again. Um, 2008, 2009, 45 games. 2009, 2010, 45 games. 2010, 2011, 46. Following season, 45, 40, 42, 43, 43. Premier League, two games. <laughs> he found his level. He found his level of championship. And then he comes back down to the championship. 38, 39, 36, uh, 32-ish, 34. And now he's on 16. Um, and die marshalling goals, Ben. Um, feels like a player on his way out of the game, doesn't it? He's not starting... I think he came on at the weekend. He let in an absolute shocker against Blackburn at the weekend. A free kick just floated over his head. Um, he was a quality keeper for us, wasn't he? He's probably the best goalkeeper we've had at the Cardiff City Stadium. He's yes, just... I'd agree with that. Phenomenal. And I, I sort of thought, you know, the Euros and everything that went with Scotland, I thought he was going to have like a sort of an, uh, Indian... Twilight. Indian winter. Yeah, yeah, Indian summer. Come, Indian summer, sorry. And sort of come into it and have like... A strong last couple of years sort of go on like do a Ben Foster play until he's 40 but yeah um, his, his spell at Derby seems to have ruined him a bit isn't it he's not I don't know if it's confidence issue or what it is but yeah he's not the keeper he was while he was at the at Cardiff but what a keeper it's, he was it's funny isn't it Tom because at that time we had probably two the two best keepers we've seen at the CCS in Tom Heaton and David Marshall but Tom Heaton couldn't get in the team because of David Marshall um, and now we'd, we'd love a keeper like Tom Heaton, um, or we would have a couple of seasons ago. A hundred percent. Like David Marshall, like there was no coincidence why he was linked to clubs like Everton and stuff while he was at mm. this. Because he nearly single-handedly kept us in the Premier League, didn't he? Like Arsenal bid for him, didn't they? Yeah, like it, it was madness. Like he probably added like 12 points to our total that season because he was such a good shot stopper. 
Like I, I used to. Was it though? There was that Aston Villa game in the Premier League where. Oh, that save! That yeah. save, and like they were, he was doing that week on week. Like not everyone saw it, but I think it was the Tottenham game where we drew, where we only lost one nil in like the ninety third minute to them. I was yeah. laughing at some of the saves he was making because they were so ridiculous. It's unbelievable! Like he's one of my favorite players. I watched the Cardiff, like, and he's just so consistent. Um, and I, uh, yeah, it, it, you know, he is thirty six now, so it's yeah. not a surprise that he's slowly petering out. But he's he was at the top of the at the top of the like. His performances for a long time with us, and uh, yeah, I honestly, yeah, one of my favorite ever players for Cardiff. Isn't it like 2004, 2005? He sort of made his breakthrough with Celtic beating Barcelona, and you forget how long of a career he's had at, the, at the camp new, yeah, when he was yeah. 18, I think that was. And like, he's just um, been outstanding. And I think what makes it nicer is that I've dealt with him for a couple of bits, and he's a lovely, lovely bloke. Yeah, I think that's always, like really bloke. that's always important to me. Is sort of you can, there's a lot of players that have been fantastic, but aren't the nicest of people you sort of when you deal with someone like Dave Marsh who's a genuinely lovely bloke it's yeah it just makes you you just feel that bit close to him and sort of enjoy his performances more yeah it's so just again now 19 years old and he made his uh, Champions League debut in the camp new and kept a clean sheet as they won 1-0 I remember that game it was, it was I remember mental. it yeah right we've been prattling on long enough Tom prediction for the QPR game um they've got thank you very much Ben it's a- <laughs> No, they've got some like decent players. They haven't got like an out and out goal scorer as such. Like the goals are spread throughout the team between like Willock, Dykes. Mm-hmm. You know, Ilias Che is a great player. But like, I'm not afraid going into this game. I, I don't think the team are going to blow us away. So I, I, I genuinely fancy us to win 2 1. 2 1. Ben? 2 0 City. 2 0 City. I'm going to go 1 1 just because you both said we win. So I've just got to balance it out somehow. Thanks for listening to another episode of The View from the Ninian. If you enjoy what we do, you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash VFT Ninian. If you like what we do enough to give us some money, you can go to ko-fi.com forward slash VFT Ninian. That's ko-fi.com forward slash VFT Ninian. We do this for the love, not the money. Otherwise, we'd be very rich. I say that every week. It's a great little sign-off. Ben, Tom, thanks for joining me once again. Um, see you next week. Love you. Bye. They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny and